All right, good Wednesday to you guys. Welcome in. I'm Dylan Corbett. Um, chatting with Matthew Cruzen today. We're going to talk the breaking news here with the Big Ten. Just a mess of a situation. I mean, first you guys are releasing your conference schedule, then you're the first to cancel, and now you're uh, you're all of a sudden back, right? You're coming back in October with this nine-game slate. Oh, we're going to talk NBA as well. It's been thrilling. I know Matt and I were texting last night. Uh, the Game 7, Clippers, my goodness, what a choke job. Uh, and then the Heat, my goodness, what a run. Uh, kind of like a Detroit Pistons team with Chauncey Billups, Rick Hamilton, kind of the underdog mentality. So that's been fun. Uh, just a bit of an introduction again. I, I think I'm going to start calling this Corbett's Corner. Uh, you know, I'm just going to be doing more of this, inviting a bunch of people out. It's not going to be long. I think the longest it'll be is around 30 minutes. We're trying to keep snippets for you guys. Uh, we're all millennials like you, so we're living in the age of immediacy. So we're trying to give you some content right away. And here's an interesting perspective because this, this guy's a lawyer right here. Uh, just took the bar. He's about to uh, definitely pass. Got to wait for the results, unfortunately. It's one of those tests that take a while to get to those. Uh, but he's got some great insight, especially with what's going on with the Big Ten. He's going to tell you about what, what's the confusion around the term liability? What's the difference between athlete and student athlete? Matt, what you got? What, what was your reaction to the news? Yeah, so um, we keep hearing liability that's, like, going to prevent them from playing. That's why, you know, they first said they're not going to play. Um, so just going to kind of explore that and try to explain it in layman's terms. So, like, responsibility is obvious. Universities have a special duty to provide a safe environment for students and to conform to a standard of care. But what is the standard of care? That's the question. Right. And since we're encountering this global disease for the first time, there isn't really a set standard. And the answer to the question of what is the standard of care, it's constantly evolving. Presumably parts of the standard of care are gonna include things that we're experiencing in our everyday lives, like wearing masks, temperature checks, isolating when we're experiencing symptoms, stuff like that. Now, it would have been nice had I mean, so this pandemic really took off, started in mid-March. It would have been nice if the NCAA the whole time had been working and like when we got into June and July, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is what you need to do. Yeah. And here's why. NCAA, absolutely silent, providing no guidance, no leadership. Mark Emmer, just not good at what he does, plain and simple. So regardless of whether we think that the standard of care is simple, it's cut and dry, the fact of the matter is that it's not definite. But as we hear today, the Big Ten is announcing their return to play. That's because the standard is becoming a little bit more clear. Now, another thing you're going to hear a lot about is these liability waivers that players are either being asked to sign or they're being forced to sign. And so you know, the question is, well, don't these absolve the schools of liability? And the answer is really, not really. Um, the traditional doctrines of contract law will apply, and a big part of this is um, unequal bargaining power, basically saying I, the kids are going to say, you know, let's say hypo hypothetical here, a kid, you know, gets sick, something bad happens, school will say, well, you sign this liability waiver. Kids are going to say, well, I didn't really have a choice. Am I just going to not sign it, lose my scholarship? Exactly. Not that's, right. that's not going to hold up in a court of law if we really got to that far. That far. So think of these liability waivers as more of something like an assumption of risk form you fill out when you go rock climbing or something like that. So with all that said, why did some conferences start playing in October or start playing already? And now the Big Ten set to resume in October. Money, obviously. <laughs> um, and as I kind of touched, there's we do have a more definite like standard that we need to be conformed to. And then last point, I 
I don't think it was a coincidence that the only, only the Big Ten's commissioner is the former lawyer, Kevin Warren. He used to be the CEO of the Vikings. Um, now, obviously, the other conferences were consulting with attorneys the whole time. They have a risk management group and stuff like that. But it's a different thought process ingrained in your mind after so many years. And I think that has showed with Kevin Warren leading the Big Ten. Um, I think the Pac-12 just a blind sheep wandering off into the abyss and they're, you know, just took the lead of who they probably respect the most out of other conference commissioners. And here we are. Yeah. And I, I don't like to throw politics into anything really, but it's, it's been impossible the last couple of months. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that the Big Ten is made up of a big uh, amount of swing states, right? So it was a little odd, you know, these guys are playing football, then they're not, and then you've got the president, you know, calling the Big Ten, the president's on Fox Sports Radio with Clay Travis, so, and, and then you've, of course, got the Pac-12, where everyone's just kind of thinking, like, oh, yeah, I mean, they're the most left, right? They're not going to play. Uh, I, I think I put the tinfoil cap on as well. I think it's a little odd that the only conference that has to be paid, uh, everyone was just like, eh, never, we'll just kick that down the road. Uh, so that was a little bit weird. So, yeah, Pac-12, I think, is missing out. And then I got a question for you here. Was it because Clemson was on our screens this Saturday, college football was back, that kind of expedited this process for Big Ten? Uh, yeah, I definitely see that. The pre I mean, the communication was their biggest issue from the get-go. When it first broke that they weren't – the Big Ten wasn't going to play – that wasn't supposed to get out when it yeah did. right uh, i mean that like that's been obvious it's just been a complete um not a good situation in terms of how they handled it so yes the pressure has been mounting ever since you got guys like justin fields trying to force the issue you got nebraska threatening to leave the big 10 and <laughs> trying to play somewhere so yeah i definitely think it was just a matter of time before games started being played and just the pressure continuing to mount until that volcano erupts yeah, that's Matthew Cruzen right there. Some good perspective there on some of the, as you said, uh, you put it in layman's terms for everyone, and I was still having trouble keeping up with it. It's a complicated subject matter, and it's uh, something that everyone's keeping their eye on. We will as well. Uh, let's get into the NBA. Just kind of, you and I were both watching it. Fantastic games. The level of play has been great. Uh, I, I, NBA, I have such a weird relationship with because I don't really have a team. You know, I followed the Lakers with Kobe. Uh, he was my first jersey, uh, so I was a you know a Homer Lakers bandwagoner when I was a kid. Uh, but I just I like watching good competitive basketball. I was shocked. Uh, I guess let's start with the Clippers. That's that's the big thing there. I was shocked they lost that. Uh, three first of all the Jazz back to back three one deficits. They come back beat the Jazz. I thought they were going to beat the Jazz even when they were down. I, I thought there was no way in heck they were going to come back against a team like the Clippers. I underestimated Paul George. Uh, and Doc Rivers, apparently, too, because, my goodness, here's what's crazy. I think I took the Clippers betting-wise in three straight games because I was like, come on, just close this out. They led by as many as 16 in game five, 16 in game six, and then 12 last night, and then they got blown out. Like, that is terrible, inexcusable. Uh, Paul George, he was four for 16. He almost felt bad for the guy at the end. That shot off the side of the backboard. Everyone's just collecting. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Uh, that was tough. So, I again, I, I had a, some money on the Clippers uh, once that signing was announced because I, I was foolishly, I guess, lured into Kawhi winning the, winning the title for the Raptors and not taking into account that, oh, wait, that's because KD was injured. You know, right? Maybe Kawhi can't. He did it with the Spurs, but that's with Pop and right Tim Duncan. Uh, you know, he brought the, you know, the ragtag team 
of the Raptors to a title. But again, that was, you know, we basically crowned him once KD's Achilles ripped apart. Uh, so what did you think about that game? That was kind of crazy how we're all thinking, yeah, Clippers got it. And then how about, I mean, how about Nicole Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray? I, I think Jamal Murray's a superstar. 100%. Um, yeah, I was gonna, I got some points about Jokic and Murray when we probably get to previewing them against the Lakers here yeah, in a minute. Sure. Jokic is a walking triple-double. I mean, that kid, oh, so the fun. guy, I mean, he's got the worst facial hair you've ever seen in their interview. <laughs> it's like I mean, like, shave it off. It reminds me of Fred's unibrow. <laughs> but, I mean, for God's sake, the guy just plays. Jamal Murray, I agree, bona fide superstar. They are a legitimate one-two punch. Like you said, Paul George is just a stain wherever he goes. It's a oh. curse, whatever you want to say. I almost think Kawhi is better with, like, only being the guy. And I'm not going to call – Paul George, superstar, eh. He, he's one want. of those flex guys. I don't, right. I almost think Kawhi is better in an environment like the Raptors where it's just, like, no one's expecting him to do anything. And, well, this guy's actually top three, top four player in the game. That's where he thrives. So, Yeah. I mean, no surprise. The Clippers can never get past the Western Conference quarters with uh, – or the semis with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin then. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and Coward – I heard Colin Coward ripping, you know, Kawhi for choosing the Clippers. I'm like, what? you know, what's that? I don't think that had anything to do with it. What I saw was Paul George wasn't the correct superstar, maybe the pair with. We've seen that now multiple times, like in Oklahoma City. And, you know, there's a case for Russell Westbrook not being that guy either. Um, but I think it's also a case of Nick Nurse being a better coach than maybe Doc Rivers. And I know that's a, probably a hot take. Doc Rivers has had his time uh, because he's won a championship. But this is he's the only coach three times he has given up a 3-1 series lead in the playoffs. I mean, that, that's yeah. inexcusable. So, I, again, I, I think Nick Nurse, what he did with the Raptors last year, and then what he did with the Raptors this year, I, I think he just has better X's and O's than what he did with that same player without a superstar, you know, quote-unquote, with Paul George next to him. So th- those were our thoughts there, and we'll, we'll preview how the Nuggets kind of match up with the Lakers. And how about uh, – I wonder if Adam Silver was kind of just like, really? We had the Battle of L.A. set up, and <laughs> here come the Denver Nuggets. Um, Miami Heat, one of the funnest teams to watch. I think Celtics a great team. Jason Tatum, I'm from St. Louis. I got to watch him play in high school. Uh, overtime, my goodness, Tyler Hero. Speaking of Kentucky guys, him and Jamal Murray, just ice in his veins. He's 20 years old. I'm, I'm six years older than that guy, and that guy is, you know, one of the best players for the Heat already. Um, just kind of how, how fun has it been to watch the Heat? Do you think they have a shot over to Celtics? Are they the favorites now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, they definitely have a shot. Uh, I'll take Jimmy Butler up against anyone. I mean, the guy's a dog. He knows what it takes to win. That's why his stint in Minnesota was short-lived because he well, wasn't. I, I gotta cut you off with... there because you experienced it. You were in Minneapolis when he was a Timberwolf, and everyone slammed Butler. Oh, he's a yeah. locker room cancer. Get him out of here. He was right. He oh, hundred percent. Told us Cat was soft. He told us these guys aren't dogs, and he went yeah. and found his own. But continue. No, he. I mean, he called the spade a spade. Cat. He called Cat out for not having what it takes. He called Wiggins out, and I mean that Wiggins He's is right. Played. That's played out for itself. No one is second guessing that. Um, no, and I actually saw Jeff Tweed tweet it last night. He's tweeted last night. He's like, we had it in many SMH, and like he was right. They act. They ha- they might have had the pieces there to do something. I mean, arguably so they would that. have had more talent than the Heat, but the Heat just had better coaching and I guess exactly. uh, that culture, right? So um, 
give me Jimmy buckets all day. One thing I noted, the Heat are sh- in the playoffs. They're shooting 39% from three compared to 34% from the Celtics. I think that is significant. And a lot of that plays off into the role players for the Heat, Jay Crowder, Dragic, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, as you mentioned. If those guys are knocking down shots, you know Butler's going to be there to make the big play, to lock down the, uh, you know, get the stop on D, bam, with an incredible play last night to seal it. Um, I certainly think – I think this series goes seven because, trust, the Celtics are as good as advertised as well. Brad Stevens, I'll take him against anyone coaching. Uh, I think this is going to be a really tight defensive battle, and it should be a good series here. Yeah, a great coaching matchup, and it it is a fun series. Um, All right, so let's get into it. We've got our our Eastern Conference Finals, obviously, with game one in the books, and now the Western Conference Finals set up. We feel kind of empty. We don't have basketball tonight. It doesn't get going with game two tomorrow in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, So let's get your predictions. You were talking about Jamal Murray against the Lakers. Um, because I think, you know, you've got obviously LeBron and AD and put those two on paper against any other two, they're going to stack up. But again, it's about the role players and the Nuggets have some solid guys off the bench. You can hit shots. Michael Porter has been an X factor. Right. Um, like I said, Murray, bonafide superstar, Jokic also just triple double night in, night out. Now what I'm going to don't take this as these two are better by any means than the combination of LeBron and AD. But these two can stack up and hold their own. Back to what we were saying about role players, I almost think the Lakers' role players have more pressure on them in this series, if you will. Um, The Lakers are leading the playoff bubble in assists per game, and a lot of that falls on – LeBron's going to set people up. There's no doubt about that. It's a matter of Marquise Morris, Danny Green, KCP, Kuzma knocking down shots or not. Um, Because Jokic and Murray are going to get theirs, and they're going to hold on to their own. A big thing to watch here – AD is far better than any defender that Jokic has gone up against. I guess I don't, I didn't quite notice if Gobert was on him the whole time or not, but AD will be able, I mean, he has a shot to contain Jokic to the extent you can contain him. So um, look for that matchup right there. And uh, contrarily, who's guarding AD for the Nuggets? That's something. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Jokic did lose some weight, but he still kind of moves around like a a loaf of bread, but you know, he makes it work. He's, you know, he's a guy, he had a pass last night that I, I had my mouth dropped at a just tossed. (laughs) Yeah. Behind the back. Uh, Uh, It's just old school hoops there. Uh, We'll get your predictions here for who's going to be in the finals in just a moment. I already lost my train of thought where I was going with that. Um, Oh yeah. So it's, it's very easy to play with LeBron, right? Because he's going to set you up. He's a great passer, and he's going to bring you to cha- championships. It's also very hard to play with LeBron because he's throwing out cryptic quotes. You know, sometimes he likes you. Sometimes he hates you. Sometimes you're J.R. Smith forgetting what the score is. Um, so, yeah, let's go into it. Uh, you know, so I went with the Clippers. I'm totally lost. I, you know, so I'm just kind of rooting this as a fan because I thought the Clippers were going to win. And, you know, the Heat Celtics, such a, a toss-up. I'm almost rooting for the Heat. Uh, but my head is kind of saying Celtics. So I'll, I'll defer to you first. Who do you have finishing out the Eastern Conference Finals, and who do you have between the uh, Lakers and Nuggets? Um, I'm going to go Heat in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, it helped getting game one. How many games um, do you have uh, off the top of your head? I think it goes seven. I do. I think it goes seven games. Um, I think it goes the distance. It's going to be defensive battle under after under. So keep an eye on that as long as we avoid OT. Um, and then I will defer to the Lakers in the Western Conference. One thing I think we could see as the series progresses, it's not going to be outright white. Well, backtrack. 
Nuggets will win game one. That's LeBron's favorite thing to do is to give up game ones <laughs> and just fill them out. I think as the series goes on, he will start to guard Jamal Murray more and make it difficult for Murray, and that'll end up being the difference. I like that. That's that one. Pick. So you've got Lakers versus Heat, and that's going to be yeah. a great storyline. LeBron against you know where he started his legacy, right. winning the championships, uh, taking his talents to, to South Beach. Uh, I'm with you with the Lakers. Uh, you know, I, I'm still in the Den- Denver fan area, but um, uh, people are liking the Nuggets out here. I just, I don't, Adam Silver's not going to let this happen three times in a row. Yeah. LeBron, oh my goodness, if they get LeBron out, I so I'm going to go with the Lakers. And the Lakers, after they lost Game One to Portland, right? People have been a little bit quiet about how well they've been playing in a couple of stretches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're playing well at the right time, and they're rested. So I've got I've got the Lakers probably. I'll, I'll go five games. Yeah, gentlemen sweep, as you said as well. Uh, I'll go Celtics in seven just to go against you because I'm rooting for the Heat. I think the Celtics, they reached the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that was team's first year, right, when they had Kyrie, but he got injured and didn't play, and they you know obviously did better without him because that's what teams do without Kyrie. Um, <laughs> so I think they're in the Eastern Conference Finals this time. They took it on the chin. They had that game won. And Miami yeah. really played well down the stretch. So I think I think Jason Tatum's going to announce himself as one of the stars in this league. And I'll, yeah. I'll go Celtics in seven. So I've got Celtics against the Lakers, which is going to be obviously uh, – the, the NBA is going to love that. That's going to draw huge. And I think Miami Lakers will be good as well. Uh, Matt, and, uh, taking the time. I appreciate it. What's yeah. here? No, I was just going to say, the, I would, could not stop laughing at some of the tweets last night. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, they're like, oh, we yeah. know, like, we know the Clippers voted to not play anymore, but we, we didn't think we were going to go out like this. The NBA is great with that because <laughs> these guys will just troll each other, you know. Yeah, and it was great. For us uh, as fans to watch it go on. He's Matthew Cruzen. You can find him on Twitter. I'm Dylan Corbett as well. I'll be tagging him. We'll post this out here in the next uh, couple, uh, I'd say in the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, thanks for dropping by. Uh, we'll thanks be for having me. Yeah, of course. We'll be posting out contact as much, uh, content as much as possible, and I think we're getting in the works doing some NFL uh, kind of gambling lines preview show uh, sometime before the weekend. All right, thanks for listening, and Matt, thanks for joining. Take care.